on your Tuesday episode of Locked on Raptors. It's literally the definition of insanity right now for your 9-14 and 14 Toronto Raptors. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked on Raptors, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. going on and welcome to another episode of Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Tuesday, December the 12th, and I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for 10 seasons on various platforms, and oh, have the previous nine seasons been much better than this one. Uh, of course, you can find all my work over on the website that don't work so good at Locked On, or at Woodley Sean. You can find the show on Instagram at Locked On Raptors, and of course, we are on Discord. We have a group therapy family, basically, where we just go and vent about the Toronto Raptors now. It's a great time. Go check us out over there on Discord. Link is in the description. It's free to join. We'd love to see you in there with the 250 little freaks who comprise our Locked On Raptors listener community so far. Uh, also, of course, you can find the show for free wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe, follow, rate, review, etc. It's always appreciated when you do that. We are also on YouTube, so go subscribe to the channel. Hit the notification bell, and you will never miss an episode when it goes live. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. And we are off and running to talk about, what do you think? A Toronto Raptors loss in which they play lineups that make no sense and continue to really, really struggle with the defense not offering any sort of resistance in a game that ostensibly is pretty entertaining in a vacuum as a neutral observer, but the Raptors come up short because they just don't got the juice. Vivek Jacob, of course, is here from Sportsnet, from Raptors.com. He is uh, along to pick apart the pieces of this one. Big V, how are you, man? Do you feel like you're in a time loop? Uh, 100%. Absolutely. I've <laughs> <laughs> been in this time loop for a couple of years now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is uh, getting, I mean, it, it, it's fine to watch in terms of like the games. Yeah. Um, but it is just tough to just see the same mistakes happening over and over again, the same, uh, problems for the roster over and over again. Uh, the same lineups <laughs> in the same stretches <laughs> over brother. and over again. Brother. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get into it all. We're gonna talk about the lineups. We're gonna talk about slowly descending into madness as the same thing is done every single night to no different results. We're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the hmm, of course, as we usually do. But yeah, let's just kind of dive in off the top to the big takeaway from this one for me, Big V, which is uh the, the Raptors, like I said, in the cold open, they're literally doing the thing that is described as insanity. They are doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results and continuing to do that when the bad results continue to pile up. You want to know what happened in this game, Big V? Uh, the starters, they stunk. They were really bad. They lost the game at the end. They come in kind of close, and then the, the Knicks just kind of pull it away because the starters cannot hang on to any sort of lead or cut into a deficit. They just bleed, bleed, 
bleed and for some reason they're just not changing it and i don't know what to do because for the most part a lot of the stuff on this team has been working in little pockets here and there in between lineups scotty barnes pascal siakam has rounded into form og and obi awesome last night but they keep on rolling lineups out that from the start of the season anyone who had watched a basketball game before could say that lineup doesn't make a ton of sense and yet they keep on doing it man and i'm going insane what is going on (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i'm I'm right with you like we've seen the starting lineup get off to slow starts for long enough we have talked about it for long enough and they they seem to acknowledge it but they seem to be doing nothing about it and so i think that is extremely frustrating we should have seen a change to the starting lineup by now just to try something different um you know dennis schroeder makes appearances on the raptor show every week and i thought he actually said something um that was for me something to read between the lines where Mm -hmm. he was like hey we got 40 games uh as in like the halfway mark of the season is when we have to know what we have yep and to me especially with a new head coach a new system all of that usually you don't hear that type of thing and Mm -hmm. i wonder if the front office has kind of said you have half a season to figure this out and show us what you are and then we have decisions to make yeah and and that's kind of what i'm holding on to obviously you know we have the december 15th deadline so we we know realistically nothing's going to happen before that just because of the way uh contracts work and contracts becoming eligible to be traded but we are entering that time in Mm -hmm. just a few days where between december 15th and feb 9th i want to say i'll have to double check that uh there there should be a lot of rumblings out of toronto as there were last trade deadline (laughs) and the trade deadline before that and the trade deadline before that (laughs) it's fun jokes on us yeah once again the whole insanity thing uh perking back up baby um yeah man just uh the starters it's just not tenable they're a minus 6.3 net rating they were at minus 5.5 going into this game and lost nearly a full point in a single basketball game in a game where the raptors actually played a really good offensive game this is the maddening thing is like even when they figure out the thing they're bad at the thing they're supposed to be good at they can't do credibly the defense has fallen off pretty substantially across the board uh they're down to 15th in defense on the season they're giving up uh in the last two games they've given up 120 plus points per 100 possessions in the half court miserable just really really bad stuff or sorry they gave up 120 offensive rating to the hornets uh, over on 120 in the half court to the knicks yesterday you can't have that happen man especially when your whole thing is you're supposed to be a defense that can elevate the floor of your team and the thing that's getting me right now is just the there's no identity to the defense like they're way closer i think to having an identity on the offensive end than they are on the defensive end which is damning with faint praise uh because we know what the raptors are on the offensive end though i am going to actually work the offense into my good later on so you have that to look forward to if you're looking for beacons of hope and joy um but the defense if you just look at their shot distribution on cleaning the glass they keep track of where teams are allowing shots from from all the different areas of the floor at the rim short mid long mid all mid all the different areas from three the toronto raptors are just mid 
in all of it. They do not funnel shots to any one part of the floor. There's no intentionality to the way they play defense. They're not trying to force the, the offense into one specific thing. At least with the Raptors defense in previous years, yeah, they were really bad at giving up corner threes and shots at the rim. Absolutely. But they also were a team that had like a focus of, okay, stars are not going to beat us. This is our defensive identity. I could not tell you what the Raptors think their defensive identity is right now. It's kind of just five dudes out there hoping to get their arms in the way. It really is what it feels like. And, you know, I, I don't know, you know, we're going to try, I'm going to try to get a guest on this week to kind of dig deeper into the tactical elements of it all. Um, but just from like the bird's eye view. Yeah. The, the, you know, like the talent is there, but they're just like, they're not executing well. They're not playing on a string. There's no communication in transition. It's just like a mess. So, oh, that's guy, that guy's there. That oh, we'll, uh, we'll figure out who to get the next time down the floor. We'll let them score this time. It's just, there's no connectivity whatsoever. What are you seeing with the defense? Because, you know, we can talk about lineups all day long. If this team can't figure out a way to defend at a top 10 level, they have no shot because their offense is never going to be that good. The reason I was bullish on them as a team to win 42-ish games was their defense figured like it figures to be pretty ironclad with the top to bottom defensive talent they have. And that has proven to not be true whatsoever. What the hell is going on here, man? Yeah, I mean, I think when you watch the defense, uh, the start of the season, you saw Dennis Schroeder, you know, defending the point of attack pretty well. I feel like there's been a drop off there. Uh, yep. I feel like, um, you know, when you've got Chris Boucher and Precious Achua in the game, there's no real rim protection. And uh, we saw that in particular last night where the Knicks saw Precious Achua and like, yeah, we're just going to go straight to the basket. Um, and I think the other thing, too, is the rotations really have seemingly fallen off. Um, yep. I, I do think that... Uh, there's almost an over-reliance on, you know, Scotty being a fi fire extinguisher, <laughs> Jacoberto being a fire extinguisher. Uh, and uh, and so, again, that comes down to what shots are you giving up? I, I, the Knicks shot, I think, about 72% in, you know, the short mid-range. So mm -hmm. even with that, they're kind of like, okay, we're able to get by our guy. And if Jacob's in the game, we don't necessarily have to get to the rim. <laughs> and sure. you know defenders are kind of trailing us so they can't really con contest and so i think you know overall i would say playing much more of a one-on-one -on -one defense is guys are more on an island and you would think that would suit players like og and pascal um and dennis to a certain extent but um it's not playing out that way like yeah yeah you can play fundamentally one-on-one -on -one, but the help still has to be there. You're still defending as a five-man unit. And I don't think that cohesiveness has been there. No, man. What it reminds me of is... Uh, so I didn't really take math deep into high school. Grade 10, I think, was the last time I like really... Maybe 11. Advanced functions did not treat me very well. Not a class I enjoyed. And once I was done with advanced functions and out of the math tree of classes, I forgot all that stuff immediately i almost wonder if rotations were such a huge part 
of what the Raptors had to do on defense in the last few years under Nick Nurse. That Nick Nurse leaves, and it's like my math teacher not being in my life anymore, and I'm never thinking about parabolas ever again in my life. That kind of feels like their approach to rotations on defense now. I would like for them to maybe take a night class in rotations and get back some of that lost knowledge. Um, man. I'm feeling juicy today. We're going to come back on the other side. We're going to dig into a simple question. What the hell now? We'll do that in just one second. But first, got to tell you about our dear friends over at Game Time, the single best place for you to go and buy tickets to whatever sporting event it may be that you want to go to. It doesn't have to be sports. It can be comedy, music, theater events all near you, and Game Time is going to give you the best price. They have the Game Time guarantee to ensure that, and they take the guesswork out of buying tickets. You get views from your seat, all in pricing, last-minute deals that are awesome as well. And right now, look, the Toronto Raptors are not very good, but that does mean one thing for you as a Toronto Raptors fan is that tickets Probably a little cheaper than usual. People just trying to huck those things off. You got the Raptors and Hawks this week. Ooh, baby, back-to-back -back games in Toronto. The two of the most disappointing teams in the NBA. That is going to be a hot last-minute ticket that you can probably get for pretty affordable on game time. So if you want to go to the most depressing basketball games you've ever seen, go on Wednesday against the Raptors for the Raptors and Hawks and get your tickets over at game time. Again, it's the way to take the guesswork out of buying tickets. Download the game time app, create an account, use the code LOCKEDNBA for $20 off your purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LOCKEDNBA for $20 off. Download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed okay we continue on here big v is along just a reminder you can uh, find the locked on sports 24 7 streaming channel over at locked on sports today on the youtubes uh go check it out subscribe 24 7 streaming of all of the national shows around the Locked On Network, and the local shows covering the biggest stories. If ever the Raptors start trading guys, I would imagine Locked On Raptors will find itself in the rotation over there as well. So go subscribe. Locked On Sports Today, 24-7. All right, Big V, I, I, I teased it before. A very simple question for you. The Toronto Raptors are 9-14. and 14. That's bad. What now? Like, what now? <laughs> like, it's not over. Like they're one game at half a game out of the 10th spot of the Eastern conference. I still think that the best course of action, just because of the corner they've been painted into is to convey their draft pick this season and just get it off the books. Don't be encumbered going forward. Have a fresh slate starting July one, where you have all your picks at your disposal. Um, I still think that's the best course, even though as our pal Joe Wolfond pointed out last night, they are closer to the right answer here being tanking to keep their pick than anything else. I don't see them doing that. I still think the talent on this team is way better than nine and 14. And I think again, the value of just getting that, you know, outgoing pick off of the ledger this summer, there is a lot of importance and value to that and just kind of getting it out of our lives forever. So we can stop talking about it for Christ's sake. Uh, but big V for you again, what now? Like, what do you need to see next from Darko Ryakovich, from some players, from the front office? It's getting to a point you can't have four-game losing streaks and not have alarm bells starting to sound off, especially considering the entire context that this season is taking place underneath. Yeah, I mean, and besides some of the passing stats, all, you know, the metrics in terms of offensive rating, defensive rating, the offense is just as bad. The defense is worse. So uh, you have to ring the alarm bells. I think uh, in terms of Darko, 
going back to the same point, can we see a change in the starting lineup? <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. Can we see a, a change up in, in rotations? We've seen, uh, you know, I thought when it was about, I want to say four games ago, where he changed up the secondary rotation and he had Scotty paired with OG mm -hmm. in, in that bench lineup. And I was like, okay, here's a positive change. You, you This is probably the way you want to go. And then we didn't see, see it after that, or mm -hmm. we saw it for one game after that and then not after that. So um, I think that was something that was weird. Um, I think that uh, they talk a lot about um, accountability and, mm -hmm. you know, creating this environment where everyone is honest with each other and enjoying each other. Uh, and for all the talk about his relationship with Dennis Schroeder. Yeah. You've got to be straight up with him and yep. Schroeder going into like, I'm him mode in the fourth is really frustrating. It's not it, man. It's yeah. not it. And I've pulled up the numbers. Like in terms of clutch stats, mm -hmm. Dennis Schroeder is now 12 of 29 in the last five minutes of games within five points. Mm -hmm. That is five more shots than Scotty. That's mm -hmm. 12 more shots than Pascal. That's 20 more shots than OG. Now, OG, granted, that's a little skewed because OG's missed some games. And so... Um, not that many. <laughs> well, it's yeah. it's 20 minutes, right? 20 yeah. minutes of clutch time. Um, sure. But yeah, exactly. It shouldn't it shouldn't be a shot a minute, <laughs> to mm -hmm. your point, uh, in terms of the difference between those two. Uh, you look at the fourth quarter uh, as a whole... Schroeder is only behind Scotty in terms of shots attempted in the fourth, right? He's taken 12 more shots than Pascal. He's taken 19 more shots than OG. Why is that the case, right? And yeah. I compare it to the second quarter where you have similar rotations, right? You have kind of, you know, the bench and Scotty, and then you, you go into your closing lineup. Um, over there, Dennis Schroeder is fourth at where he should be. Behind Scotty, yeah. behind Pascal, behind OG. So what is happening in this fourth quarter that makes you think that you are the guy? Yeah. And look, you're nine of twenty on twos, which is like not terrible. You're three for nine on threes. Like in clutch scenarios, these are not like terrible numbers. But mm -hmm. at the same time, in those same situations, OG is so far in the limited shots uh, that he's got, he's five for nine. Pascal is 54% from the field yep. in the clutch. So you haven't done enough to validate being ahead of those guys. And no, Darko has to be able to have that conversation to say, hey, listen, this is where the ball needs to go. If it's a late clock uh, kick out to you and you're open, great. Go ahead. Yeah. But these guys are ahead of you when it counts. Yeah. I, they're wasting their last meaningful stretch of information gathering about their most important players playing lineups that bleed minutes having dennis schroeder's importance be far too high like i'll keep on going back man like it's the fred van vliet thing except without the shooting in space and like proper floor geometry that he provided it's the stuff everyone got extremely furious about fred and like i don't want to see the dennis conversation get as nasty as the fred thing did because that sucked too but it's just like it's slapping you in the face that this isn't working. 
569 possessions for the starters. 500, that's a lot of possessions. Minus 6.3 net rating. That's just time wasted you're not getting back for a lineup that features two guys that we know are tricky fits. You have to try other stuff. You have to see other combinations to get a real read on what is the stuff that's going to stick to the wall. What's the stuff you want to keep around for the Scotty Barnes star turn that is currently under underway? They've also wasted 237 possessions on Scotty plus four bench guy lineups. Those are still a minus 23.3 per, per 100 possessions. They're getting waxed. The couple moments here and there against the Hornets or whatever it might be where it looks good, it's fun, it's cool, but overall, those lineups are getting demolished. And I think it's three of their five most lineups are iterations of either the starters or Scotty plus bench guys. That's just a bad use of your time resources when you are trying to gather information. It's just not working. And you look at some of the other combinations, like there are actually encouraging indicators on, you know, the starters minus Scotty plus Gary. That lineup's like a plus 8.3. That's been awesome. Glad to see that lineup getting run. What other lineups that have been awesome in small samples are getting the opportunity to grow and build and actually show something? We've seen 82 total possessions of Scotty plus OG plus uh, Pascal with Gary Trent Jr. on the floor. That's not enough when three of those guys are free agents and you're trying to figure out how they work together under the new context that a advanced and leaping Scotty Barnes provides. You're <laughs> The one that's really getting me too is uh, you're looking at 21 possessions where your core three guys have been on the floor without Dennis or Jakob Pertl. It's just not enough. And like in these minutes, they're blitzing teams. They're waxing teams. It's been awesome in very small samples. You have to see if those small samples can germinate into something promising over the long haul. It's just, and this is the thing that's really driving me nuts too. It would be one thing if they were like losing games interestingly by trying out different stuff, right? But they're not. Like they're losing these games in the exact same fashion over and over again. And it, it, the other thing, like we talked about off the top, like ostensibly entertaining basketball games of late as well. Like this is the stuff you ask for, entertaining, fun games that keep you warm on the cold nights of mid-December when the, the it gets dark at 4.30. This is what the whole thing is about, is entertainment value. And it can't even be appreciated because it feels like all of this is just wasted time, wasted opportunity to actually see stuff that might have some long-term meaning. It's just really, really baffling right now. And I, I don't know, like... The uncertainty that hangs over all of this thing, one of the greatest sins of the front office. You know, we talked about expectation being the thief of joy, but uncertainty is also the thief of joy right now because there is no way to enjoy these games, even when they're close and fun and tight, because everything feels like a referendum. Everything is tied to the Siakam and OG of it all. And there's no way to just say, hey, that was a fun, good basketball game. Didn't win. We'll get them next time without there all being all these other things hanging over everything. It's just, uh, a really miserable existence right now, man. I don't know how else to put it. Like the games have been more entertaining than they were last year, but the season as a whole feels heavier already. And I don't know where the change comes from. I've talked for a while there. Respond how you like. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, to tie up the points we made at the beginning, to tie up the points we made here now, uh, you know, in some ways, the the stat you pointed about uh, the defense not not knowing what it's trying to funnel and mm -hmm. what it's trying to force and the shot distribution being exactly <laughs> equal across the board. It, mm -hmm. it kind of sums up what the front office has been doing um, because it's like, Hey, what are you trying to do? Right. Yeah. 
like when we criticized Nick Nurse's defense, it was like, hey, you're trying to prote- protect the paint, but with this Vision <laughs> 6 9, you don't have guys big enough to do it, at least until the Jacoperto trade. And then you get all these kickouts to the corners, and you're not protecting the corners enough, which is mm-hmm. the easiest three in the game. Uh, and so you, but we always knew what they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. And now, whether it's on the court, whether it's off the court, we do not know what they are trying to do. Um, we, I mean, we know that they are trying to wait. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Tough stuff. We'll come back to the other side. We'll get into the good, the bad, and the hmm to round out the show. Before we do that, however, got to tell you about our dear friends over at FanDuel, the number one sports book in all the land. You got to go check them out right now. Because with FanDuel, as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers are staying hot. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. That is pretty sweet. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more what you could do is go over you know earlier in the season i was informing people hey go take the under on the raptors maybe that's not the thing to do anymore maybe just take the over on whoever the raptors are playing because they're getting buckets whenever they damn well please and that is a way that even when the raptors are losing games you can feel good about yourself because you've got some scratch because the atlanta hawks scored 155 on the Toronto Raptors' heads. That's definitely happening one day in these next two games, is it not? Either way, go right now, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL and, of course, the LockedOn Podcast Network. Okay, rounding it out here, the way we round out every Toronto Raptors game recap show here on the pod. It's the good, it's the bad, it's the hmm, it's a thing we liked, a thing we didn't like, and a thing that's got us a little bit intrigued about what's to come. Start with the good. Big V, what you got for your good? Uh, I've got OG Ananobi getting back in rhythm. Uh, yeah, he was awesome. Yeah, he really was. Uh, obviously, you know, the Charlotte game, not so hot. 0 for 6 from 3, um, 3 for 12 overall, and started out pretty cold in this one. Uh, a couple of air balls, and so you're thinking, mm-hmm. oh, man, this is this is a real slump right here. Um and then he knocks down his first one, and he's he, he was kind of mad that it's like, oh my god, it's taking this long for me to make a shot. Um, <laughs> and so, and and then he was off to the races after that. Twenty nine points, eleven of twenty from the field, five of eleven from three. Like that's that's another thing. Like we talk about Scotty's development with OG. Like I want to see at least ten threes a game go up. Right, this <laughs> team needs him to do it. Um, and so I, I thought uh that was the good from this game for me yeah i think that's a it's a really good point uh my good to the point of identity on either end of the floor look the raptors offense is still not good let me like just preface this by i'm not i'm not about to say wow they're actually good but a good thing i think that's happening with the offense is a they're getting a little bit better in the half court over the last 15 games they are up to 22nd in the half court which like if you said at the start of the season they were number 22 in the half court. You know what? That's probably a perfectly fine place for this team to be if their defense is as good as we think it's going to be. Of course, we've covered the defense is not that. And so 22nd over the last 15 games just ain't good enough. But 
they are finding themselves, I think, a little bit more of an identity. They are uh, doing a really good job crashing the offensive glass of late over the last 15 games, number third in offensive rebound, number third. They are third in offensive rebounding rate. So they're kind of getting that back a little bit into their identity. And I think we're seeing, like we talked about shot distribution, the Raptors are now quietly a top 10 team, both in accuracy and frequency at the rim. Like they are getting to the rim. They are a team that is kind of living at the rim and doing so effectively. And I think that's great. Like that's a promising sign. What would be awesome is if like they could get to the rim, then kick out to three point shooters who were going to hit, which has obviously been quite a whack-a-mole situation. 14 to 39 last night. You'll take that all day long. Um, but that's been the limiting factor here. You can be a twos machine, but if your defense is bad, you're going to lose the math problem. Um, so that's like a little kernel of encouragement for me, for me that they've kind of figured out, okay, this is how we play offense. It's not always pretty, but we kind of know the flow and rhythm of what we're doing. And certain lineups seem to have a really good idea of what they want to do out there. Um, the starters, maybe not so much, but good on the sort of progression of the offensive process. We've been dunking on Darko Ryakovich a lot so far today. And a lot of the stuff we haven't liked, I think it's worth giving some credit that the offense is actually kind of finding its way in a way it was not at the very beginning of the season. So do credit to them there. Let's go to the bad. What you got for your bad? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Gestures broadly. The old classic. Yeah. Yeah, I think just uh, the defense, like, to allow the Knicks to shoot 17 of 29 from three um, and the way they were giving up those shots was mm -hmm. just so frustrating to see again you know i mentioned earlier that we've we seem to have seen the rotations fall off and a lot of that is just decision making right like we've mm -hmm. we see plays where even off uh an offensive board uh for the opposing team that ball comes loose they get the ball and then you're trying to like get a steal it's like no just reset yeah man as soon as you go for that steal you're in scramble mode again and that's, you know, how you end up giving up these threes. And then at the end of the game, you know, Quentin Grimes knocking down his fifth three of the game. Future where... Toronto Raptor, Quentin Grimes, baby. <laughs> he said, knowing that they'll never do a trade with the lawsuit going on. But hey, <laughs> <laughs> IQ and Grimes for OG. That's that's much that's my uh, my white whale trade. We'll see. Well, hey, speaking of IQ, so mm -hmm. Julius Randle has the ball. He's already double teamed by Jakob mm -hmm. Pertl and OG. Mm -hmm. There's two seconds on the shot clock. There's no need for Scotty to help in that situation and leave Quentin Grimes wide open yeah. for a three. And that was kind of the dagger that ended that one. Obviously, mm -hmm. there's a lot of reasons why the Raptors lost this game. That was lots of many, many daggers just like poking out of the corpse. Yeah. 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 If and we're going to so, get graphic with it. <laughs> and, so, and so again, it's like some of these efforts to make like home run plays defensively has like really thrown off the defensive rotations. It is really uh, taken away from them just being solid. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if you want to call it like bad habits from last year that are still kind of creeping in at times, or, you know, maybe there's just got to be more disciplined. Like again, one of Darko's MOs coming into this season, if you will, was that he wanted the defense to be more solid, right? And mm -hmm. that's part of why he's playing more one-on-one -on -one defense. And so you have to stay committed to that. You have to stay disciplined for the entire 24-second shot clock or 14 seconds after the offensive rebound that you give up. Um, and so <laughs> uh, that, to me, is the bad. 
Yeah, I, I think, you know, we've talked a lot about how good Scotty's been defensively as like a low man, but I do think he's making a lot of errors of committal on just sort of like over-aggressive closeouts, going for steals that have no shot. Of, like he had one last night where he ends up like in the other half of the court after trying to go for a steal and it fails. And it's just like, man, like I, I, I appreciate like the high octane spirit. That's great. That's what you want from Scotty. That's what makes Scotty great when he is great. But you got to be able to find the balance a little bit more with it, especially on the defensive end where your ethos is ostensibly to be a little bit more balanced, and a little more relaxed. It's tough. Uh, my bad. It's just the experience of watching Julius Randle hit an increasingly difficult array of hilarious nine-foot rainbow jump shots over extremely good defense by Scotty, Pascal, and later on OG, as though he were navigating through levels of a video game with ease and just like one-upping every single time. Uh, back-breaking stuff, man. I did not love watching that what is your hmm from this game i think we've kind of decided we're going to just kind of go in on a shared hmm but uh what you got yeah you man uh, i i don't want to uh come up with my own hmms mm -hmm. and so i'm gonna flip it back on darko sure like why are you still in a state of hmm about this starting lineup yeah what have you not seen yet yeah and what are you waiting to see like, what could possibly be the answer to those two questions? <laughs> Yaka Pertle figuring out how to shoot threes. Maybe that's coming, <laughs> baby. <laughs> Remember training camp when uh, uh, media was kind of sharing videos of Yaka Pertle practicing shots from the mid-range? <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, man. Yaka Pertle shoots like 85% at the rim. He can just do that all the time. I'm fine with that. Um, but yeah, yeah, the fit concerns that are tied to that certainly aren't going anywhere. Yeah, I think it's a really good point, man. Like, what else do you got to see? Like, there's like the second most used lineup in all of basketball. Like, at some point, the decision should probably be pretty obvious to you. And, and all of the lineups that are the most used are either a Wizards lineup or they're very good lineups for good teams. <laughs> like, it's um, actually very interestingly, the Thunder starting lineup is uh, all the way down to a minus now, which is fascinating but um that's not what we're here to talk about we're here to talk about the raptors having just one of the single worst high volume lineups that i that you can recall like teams don't let lineups that are this porous get this much run and yet here we are they're the second most used lineup and they are 39th percentile on defense 21st percentile on offense they don't have anything that really screams this is a thing they do well it's it's untenable man and you're right. Like there's just like, I understand Darko. Like it feels like he's a dude who's got like a long leash for things. Right. And wants to like go through the process and gather all the information he can. But I, I just, I don't see like, to your point, how there's more information to be gleaned here. It just kind of feels like it is what it is. And I think it's like borderline malpractice. If they don't take a look at changing it up, I know you want to have a point guard on the floor, that's a front office thing where they've assembled a roster where the two point guards are Dennis Schroeder and Malachi Flynn. You got to work within what you got, man. As a coach, this is what Nick Nurse did really well, actually, was, hey, this roster makes no sense, but let's milk it for all it's worth. I think there's no way, like, again, I made this point yesterday. The, the new starting lineup could be bad, totally possible, but you won't know until you see it for longer than a handful of minutes. And uh, at this point, yeah, the hmm period on the starting lineup should be long over. This would this would have been a hmm on the podcast like a month and a half ago. Like, hmm, they had a couple pretty bad games. 
well, let's keep an eye on that. And they just apparently have not kept an eye on it or have just yeah. continued to keep an eye on it, hoping something is going to change. Again, back to the start, the definition of insanity. Uh, Big V, I thought this was a pretty therapeutic episode, all told. you have any parting <laughs> shots here? Uh, anything you want to promote for the good people if you don't have parting shots? Uh, just the usual stuff. Uh, Sportsnet, Raptors, and uh, you can follow me on Twitter at VivekMJacob. Um, yeah. Rock on. Everyone go support Big V. He's the best. You can find me at Woodley Sean. Subscribe, follow, rate, review, all that good stuff. Wherever you get your podcast, it's always appreciated when you support the show. However you support the show, we'll be back again tomorrow, likely with Katie Heindel, but working on some guest scheduling stuff. So we'll see what tomorrow brings us. But uh, lots on tap, of course. We've got the Hawks Bowls coming up this week. That is going to be fun, depressing, both. We'll see. Either way, thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks for hanging. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.